What up, what up? What's going on, everybody? This is Dom Lewis, Philly Sports 444 Podcast, powered by the great folks at Anchor. Thank you so much for the platform. Thank you guys for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. As I always mention, you can follow us on Twitter at 444 Podcast. That's F-O-U-R, F-O-R, the number four podcast. You can email us at 444podcasts at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Anchor. And yeah, just thank you guys for listening. Really do appreciate it. Thanks so much. So listen, we got a lot to talk about today. Usually, uh, well, lately I've been recording podcasts like once a month. But it's been so much going on with Philly Sports with the Eagles and now the Sixers where I just could not hold back. I had to record something today. And uh, as business begins to pick up with the um, the fall and winter sports, I will be recording more. Um, I'll be recording more shows like reactionary shows to games, as well as like preview shows, outlooks on games, uh, things of that sort. So and I might even do a show where I do like pick them, uh, like pick all the games for the week for each, um, whether it's the NFL or I might do a couple NBA games. I don't know couple of marquee games something like that so <clears throat> i'm just kind of working through it and i thank you guys for listening and tuning in um but as always we just like to we like to give all the shine to our philly sports you know our eagles our sixers our phillies and our flyers so without further ado let's get into it a little bit um i want to talk about the eagles versus bucks and what happened um i have a five takeaways that i have about the game and what went wrong. Um, but let's not spend too much time on that because Wentz is back and Carson Wentz is back. I mean, that's 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 what we've been talking about. Uh, we've been wanting him to come back for so long. We've been wondering when he's coming back and he's finally back. He's cleared to play Sunday. Um, he's going to play against the Colts and I'll give you my outlook on that game. And, yeah, uh, talk about where the Eagles are going from here. We'll also talk about Eagles wide receiver issues, um, the wide receiver death issues right now, and their overall health of the team. We'll talk about that. We'll get into that a little bit, and we'll talk about what the Eagles' options are and potentially who they'll sign. And then we'll also talk about the Sixers. We'll talk about the Sixers' new GM, Elton Brand. was um, It was announced today, uh, Woj Bomb and via Keith Pompey, that Elton Brand will be the new GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. So we'll talk about that. We'll, I'll, I'll give you my take on how I feel about them um, giving Elton Brand the GM job, the good and the bad for it. And we'll also talk about uh, Markel Fultz and the report that came out today that he shot over 150 shots, 150,000, excuse me, 150,000 shots over the summer. And we'll also talk about Ben Simmons and the work he's been doing on his jump shot with his brother. Um, We'll talk about Sixers' upcoming training camp, because training camp opens up in a few days. They have an open practice schedule for Friday. Uh, Friday, that's Friday the 21st. So, um, yeah, starting to ramp up. As soon as we get into the Eagles season, it's time to ramp up for the Sixers season. Also, the Flyers. I mean, the Flyers have played a couple preseason games thus far. They played three. And they've won two of them against the Islanders. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, not much to really say on the Phillies. I mean, they won their game tonight. 
But, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they're pretty much out of winning the division. I mean, they do have two series coming up with Atlanta um, to close out the season, a, a four-game series and a three-game series. But, I mean, if you look at this team, look how inconsistent their offense is, there's no way that they could actually overjump the Atlanta Braves in order to win the division. So, we'll talk about that a little bit. Not too much, though, because, I, you know, I just think it's been kind of a disappointing um, last few weeks for the Philadelphia Phillies, and I just kind of want to get this over and want to look toward the future with the Philadelphia Phillies. So, we'll talk about it. Um, I'm just excited about what's going on right now with the Eagles. Um, although we're coming off of a loss, I'm excited that Wentz is back. I mean, I just lit up like a... I can't even tell you. Like, I just... I couldn't concentrate on work. I was so excited when the announcement came. And it, it was to the... Doug didn't even get to the press conference yet. I just got an alert from my Eagles app saying that Carson Wentz was cleared to play and he was going to start Sunday. And all I was all I could do was, like, just tweet, tweet, retweet, 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 tweet, tweet, tweet. That's all I could do. Like, post it on Facebook. Post it on Instagram. Post it on Twitter. Keep posting on Twitter. Repost it on Twitter. Repost it on Facebook. Repost it on Instagram. I mean, I couldn't get the news out fast enough. I mean, just to share it with everybody. Because it was what I've been waiting for for so long. I kept saying how much I miss Carson Wentz. I really miss him playing for this team. I really miss, you know, the way the team looks with him playing. I really do. I, I miss not just the offense, but just the overall confidence in the team. I missed that so much, and I'm glad that he's back. So I talked. I'm going to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about the Sixers. And, yeah, just uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is the Philly Sports 444 Podcast, and I'm your host, Dom Lewis. All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate you guys so much. Once again, follow us on Twitter. Email us. Subscribe to the podcast, rate us, give us five-star ratings. Um, give us any feedback you got. Appreciate it so much. So let's get into the Eagles versus Bucks, what happened this past Sunday. And um, it's crazy because it feels weird losing the game, you know? It feels weird, you know, not being on the winning side. Um, I feel like it shouldn't be weird for us, but, you know, it's a new season and everything, and I get it. You know, we're Super Bowl champions and – everything but it just feels weird like not being on the winning side this team has been good for so long I feel and to not be on the winning end of a game it just it it seemed a little bit uncharacteristic that's what I'll say um so Eagles took a um a loss on Sunday they lost the game 27 to 21 versus the Bucks um Ryan Fitzpatrick had himself a day um throwing for over 400 yards for the second consecutive game, throwing four touchdowns with only one interception, uh, including two 75-yard bombs, one to Deshaun Jackson, the former Eagle, and then one to O.J. Howard. Um, And he just had himself a day. I mean, he just looked so comfortable back there in the pocket. Um, Eagles didn't get much pressure on him uh, during the game, and he kind of he, he just car- he carved up our zone defense, our the secondary zone defense. He carved us up. Uh, got to give him a lot of credit, you know, and I hate to do that, but I got to give credit where credit is due. 
He played a great game. They had a great game plan coming into the game. Um, and, and Fitz just looked comfortable back there. He just looked like, hey, I'm an experienced guy. This is, you know, I'm not a scrub. I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to play. And, and to be fair, I mean, he has he has shined, you know, in, in, in times of his career. I mean, he's played well. The last His last stint he had with the Jets, he played pretty well. Um, the Jets didn't want to pay him in the long term, which is understandable. So he left and he became the backup with the Bucks. And uh, as you can see, it's paying off because James Winston was suspended for the first three games of the season. And he has stepped in and he has played extremely well. Actually, right now, he's leading the NFL in passing yardage. So it's, and he's second in touchdowns, only behind Pat Mahomes, which is another story. But um, I really, really got to give the guy credit. I mean, he played well, but I cannot just give him credit. I mean, there were a lot of shortcomings with the Eagles this past uh, Sunday. So I do have five takeaways from the game. Uh, what I thought that the Eagles... Um, how, you know, the shortcomings of the Eagles, you know, this past Sunday. So I think my first takeaway, um, and it's kind of not in their control, but the injuries. Uh, we had uh, Mike Wallace go out with the, um, they thought it was an ankle injury, but he actually fractured his tibia. So, you know, basically he has a broken leg and he's out uh, for, who knows, he's out indefinitely right now. So, He's not on the IR, so they expect him to come back, or they're hoping that he comes back sometime this season, but um, he is out indefinitely right now. Jason Peters goes out the eighth play of the game. He goes out because he uh, has a bone, I mean, has a thigh bruise. Uh, yeah, just the injuries just, they kind of piled up on us this, this past game. Um, and. I think that was just the start of everything just going downhill, to be honest with you. I mean, just was a bad day overall. I mean, the first drive, I looked at the first drive, and besides the injuries, I mean, it was one point where it was like a third and 40, like third and 41. I'm like, you can't, uh, I don't understand. Like, I don't, this, this offense never looks like this. Like, what is going on? Too many penalties, and then the injuries piling up. It was just bad. So the first takeaway I have from the game is just, the injuries just piling up this past game. Um, it really just kind of put us kind of in shambles. So um, that was that kind of gave us or kind of gave the Buccaneers an advantage. Um, I know a lot of people were cramping up that game, you know, even on both sides, on both for both teams. But overall, I just think our injuries kind of plagued us for that game, and we couldn't overcome that. I think the second issue that we had would be probably would have been the first issue um, if the injuries weren't so severe. But I think that just having a, 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 a shoddy performance by our defense this past week uh, just was unacceptable. Like, this Eagles defense is known to be really, really good. Um, and it's been proven time and time again. Like, this team is good. This defense is good. But they did not have a good outing on Sunday. Um, I think uh, partially because um, the first play of the game, Deshaun Jackson going for a 75-yard touchdown bomb, I think that that kind of put the defense on their heels a little bit, kind of let, uh, like they kind of played conservative at that point. 
Um, they weren't playing Eagles football. They weren't playing Eagles defense after that. They weren't getting enough pressure on the quarterback. Uh, Fitzpatrick was getting the ball out pretty quickly. And even when he didn't get the ball out quickly, he had time to throw it. I mean, the offensive line of the Buccaneers, they just really stood up to our defensive line, which is, I just, I'm kind of perplexed at that because that's not, that's not what happens. Like, people don't, people don't stand up to this defensive line and just, they don't have their way with this defensive line. So the fact that we couldn't get pressure, the fact that our secondary plays so conservative, and we didn't have a good outing by our linebacker core either. I mean, Hicks didn't have a good game. Bradham definitely didn't have a good game. So overall, our defense just looked pretty shoddy. It was it looked very average on Sunday. Now they did tighten it up a little bit in the second half, but they only allowed one touchdown in the second half. But I'm saying at the end of the day, you already allowed so many points. Um, especially, you know, in a hostile environment, I don't know how we could overcome such a thing. I mean, they, now, I mean, it could have, it could have very well. Like I heard Jim Schwartz in his press conference, he said it could have been very well, easily like forty-two to seven, and he's absolutely right. It could have been forty-two to seven, but the fact that they gave up two seventy-five-yard touchdown plays, one to Deshaun Jackson, who you knew was going to be pumped up for this game, you knew that he was going to be amped up, you knew he was going to do everything he could try to make the Eagles look bad and another one to OJ Howard which was just poor tackling poor defense overall poor coverage everything you can name it it was just bad on that play just to have that it kind of put us in a hole well it did put us in a hole not kind of but it did put us in a hole and I think it just allowed the you know the Eagles to play very conservative at that point and to just not play Eagles defense and just overall we were just shoddy at that point I, I just think that it was just too much to overcome and I mean, I really, really do credit the Eagles offense for kind of gearing it up and getting it back in order and, and scoring 21 points and having a chance at the end to get back in the game. But I ultimately think that just the, the bad defense, it just kind of put us too much, too much in a hole and it was just no coming back, to be honest. So um, that would be my second point, my second takeaway from the game. The third takeaway is kind of coincides with the bad defense is the penalties. Um, I think the Eagles just played very undisciplined football this past week. And there were too many penalties on both sides of the ball. Um, and, I mean, penalties in key moments of the game, too. Um, I think at one point during the, the Bucks' last drive, uh, there was a potential third down. And it was I think it was 220 left in the fourth quarter. And Jalen Mills gets called for illegal contact or a holding penalty or something like that. And or defense, yeah, I think it was a defensive hold, not a Luke contact. I think it was a defensive hold, but him getting called for that in such a critical moment when we had a chance to possibly uh, actually get the ball back before the two-minute warning and actually try to you know mount a comeback, it just it just was bad. It was bad, and um, the Eagles just played so undisciplined that entire like especially that first quarter. That first quarter was horrible. Like I mentioned earlier, like there was a play where it was third and forty-one. That never happened. I can't. There's no play where you can get a first down on that. There's no play in your playbook. I don't care how. I don't. You you can be Doug Peterson. You can be Sean McVay. You can be anybody in this league. Andy Reid. It does not matter. There is no play in your playbook to get you a first down on the third and forty-one. That'll actually effectively work against a defense. So, I just think overall, the defense and then like I said, the third point being the penalties. 
he was playing so undisciplined that just that was just bad football. And I, I, I think overall, I think the Eagles haven't been disciplined this season at all. In these first two games, I, I don't know what the numbers are yet. I would have to research the numbers, but Eagles have been very undisciplined. They've been racking up a lot of penalties per game these past two games. I mean, they got to play more disciplined football. If you want to be a championship team, if you want to be a team on top of the actual league, you need to play more disciplined. And I don't think they've played discipline these last two games. I know they haven't. I don't think that. I know that they haven't. So that's something they got to clean up. They got to clean that up. I mean, and I hope that, um, that 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 gets cleaned up in this next game um, versus the Colts on Sunday. Uh, it's not a uh, national game or anything like that. You know, it's not an away game. You're home. You're in the comfort of your own home. You got Wentz back. So, um, and I'll talk about that in my next segment. But I think that that should um, give him a little bit more, like, oomph. And hopefully it allows him to play more discipline. So, I'm hoping that, that, I'm, hoping that I'm right on that. Um, I think um, the fourth point that I would want to mention is it kind of coincides with the injuries portion, but um, the wide receiver depth. Um, I I looked at the game and I watched the game, and I just noticed that of uh, the receivers in the game. I mean, he threw the Nelson Aguilar a lot. He threw the Zach Ertz a lot, uh, and then he threw it to that other tight end. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, and I know a lot of people were questioning why Dallas Goddard wasn't in the game. And, you know, I guess the ball wasn't getting spread around. That's overall what I want to say. And partially, I can understand that because, you know, there were a lot of young receivers on the team. Um, Carter was one of the young receivers on the team. And he actually just got released today, unfortunately, uh, to make room for Josh um, Josh Adams, the, the young running back from Notre Dame, the undrafted guy. So, um, I knew that, I think overall, like, the Foles, he didn't trust. I don't even think Doug trusted those guys. He didn't trust Kamar Aiken. He didn't trust Carter and um, Sheldon Gibson. and You know, the young guys, young guys on the team. I mean, and I, I think that just, we don't have enough depth at that position right now. No, we don't have enough experienced veteran depth at that position. I mean, Alshon being out. Mike Wallace being out. I mean, your number one receiver technically right now is Nelson Aguilar. I mean, he's a slot receiver. He's not an outside guy. So, right now, I mean, the Eagles are kind of hurting. I mean, it's no time to panic. But they are hurting right now at that position. And, you know, there was a lot of talk yesterday about them potentially signing um, or trading for um, the guy from the Browns. I can't think of his name. Josh... um, Oh, man, I can't think of his name. It'll come to me. But trading uh, for the Browns receiver, and, and he ended up getting traded to the Patriots. So, um, just, it's, it's, and then, you know, of course, Josh Bryant is still out there. And, you know, today I heard reports that they, they brought in, um, you know, um, Jordan Matthews for a workout. Um, and from what I understand, and, and this this podcast will be published before the morning, um he will be signed tomorrow, uh, September the 19th. So he will be on the Eagles roster. He knows the playbook, apparently. I mean, well, I, not apparently. He does know the playbook. 
And apparently, you know, the Eagles have that comfort level with him where they can just he can just sign. You know, it gives him a little bit more depth at the receiver position right now, especially with Wentz coming back. And uh, I heard they were trying to work out Jeremy Macklin too, which I I'm definitely against. Like I I definitely don't want to bring Jeremy Macklin back here. Um, I think he you know he was a fine receiver for the time that he was in the league, and I think that he was you know solid receiver I should say. Um, but I, I just think that his time has passed, and uh, I mean the reason he didn't, apparently the reason he didn't work out today is because his leg he has some problems with his leg. And apparently he's going to come in for a workout next week. And I don't want any parts of that. I just don't. He's old. You know, his time has passed him. You know, there's a reason that he's a free agent right now. So, you know, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm not feeling that. You know, I, I really, I had to warm up a little bit to the, to the, the, the you know, the Jordan Matthews uh, signing or the Jordan Matthews potential signing. Because I, did, I didn't want him. I didn't, I didn't want him. I didn't want the Eagles to explore him. But they did, and that's just what it is. So, um, like I said, so the fourth, the fourth takeaway I have from the game is just the overall wide receiver depth uh, that the Eagles have right now. And um, it's not going to get any better until we get healthy. So it kind of co- the, all these points kind of coincide with each other. And I think the fifth takeaway I have from the game is that it was a kick in the butt. I mean, honestly, it was a, it was a kick in the butt. For the Eagles, I mean, I'm not saying that the Eagles haven't been humble. I'm not saying that the Eagles have been feeling themselves to the point where they feel like they can't be touched. But I think that that was a kick in the butt. I really do. I think that I'm not gonna say the whole team has been feeling themselves, but I feel like some of the players have been. You know, and I get it. You know, you've won the Super Bowl and you're the defending champs, and this is uncharted territory for this team and for this organization. However, it's a week-to-week league. This is a new season. And things aren't the same. Teams have gotten better, and they're gunning for you. And I think that this was a, this was a sharp kick in the butt. That you can't just come out and just think. And it's not just a sharp kick in the butt for the players, but for the coaches and, and everyone in the organization, the front office, everybody, the owner. This was a, this was a kick in the butt for everybody. Let them know, listen, you got to come down off that high horse. You got to come to play every single week. Don't just waltz into here and think you're just going to win just because uh, you think, uh, oh, this is an anomaly. He's, there's no way Fitzpatrick can throw for 400 yards again and, and four touchdowns again. And that's exactly what he did. He threw for 400 yards again. He threw for four touchdowns again. The only difference was he he had a little bit less yards and he threw an interception. And he didn't score as many points. But I just think that this was a good kick in the butt for this team. It, they needed it. I think a loss like that, and I mean, and it's not just me saying this. I mean, I think I, you know, I listened to Seth Joyner at the post game, and he talked about this. I'd rather have this now than to have it in January. I agree. I don't want this coming down the road. I want this. I want by the time late November, December comes, I want us to be fine tuned and heading into the playoffs. And, and don't have any questions like we did last year. I want us to be fine-tuning and just be a matter of can we perform and get it done? Because teams are going to be gunning for us. Everyone is gunning for us now. So we got to come to play every week, and the team has to realize that. So I think it was a good kick in the butt for them. And overall, like I said, 
Um, just not a good performance by the Eagles. I don't expect that to continue, though, um, because I think that uh, Dougie knows that they got to play better. Jim Schwartz knows they got to play better. Mike Groh, Deuce Daly, they know they got to play better. And overall, Wentz is back. And I think that changes the dynamic of this team. And I'm going to talk about Wentz in my next segment because I think that, uh, like, his, his just his presence uh, just allows his team, just gives his team a different look, a different confidence, a different feel. And I look forward to him rejoining this team. And I'm not even saying he has played as extremely high level, but I just like what he brings to the table as far as his skill set and his confidence and just the way he plays the game. Like, there's so many. I watched so many plays this past Sunday where I watched Nick roll out of the pocket and I watched him do something, and I'm just like, Carson Wentz wouldn't have done that. Or I watched him do something, I'm like, Carson Wentz would have hit that guy there. Like, I, I saw a play that I, I could literally see the difference in the way that the two quarterbacks play. And it's like, no disrespect to, to Nick Foles, I, I'll love him forever. But I was just, I was tired of him, and I needed Carson Wentz back. Because I, I know what Carson Wentz brings to his team. So I'll talk about Wentz in my next segment. Um, um, like I said, talk about Wentz in my next segment. Stay tuned. It's the Philly Sports 444 Podcast. Your host, Don Lewis. Stay tuned. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. So we talked about the Eagles versus Bucks, And now um, I want to transition into the next bit of news, which is probably the most important news that we received all week on the Philadelphia Eagles is Carson Wentz is back. He is back. He is back. He is back. That's part of the reason I didn't um, actually talk, put Nick Foles in the five takeaways I got from the Bucks game. Um, you know, Sunday I was, you know, I watched the game and I was just like kind of down. Not down. I don't want to say down, but just kind of like, ugh, it's kind of unusual feeling. Like, the Eagles not winning. And then the next day, I'm, you know, listening to the radio. And I'm at work, and I'm just, like, kind of listening to people's reactions. And I'm kind of doing my own reactions. I'm reading on Twitter and looking at news. And then getting ready for Doug's press conference at noon. And then right before he gets to the press conference, I get the alert from the Eagles app on my phone saying that Carson Wentz has been cleared to play. And he will start Sunday versus the Colts. And then just, like, like my mind, like, exploded. I just, like, wanted to just tweet and post on Facebook and send text out. That's exact. And I did all of this at work. I, I actually did all this at my desk. But it just kind of changed the way I felt about everything. Like, the way I felt about the game, the past game that just happened. Because I, I probably would have just, like, you know, I would have been mad like every other fan, you know, about the Eagles versus Bucks, But it kind of was like, I, I don't even know how people could be upset at that point about the Eagles versus Bucks. Like It's kind of like, okay, we lost that game, but we got Wentz back. It kind of was like a, a gift and a curse at the same time. So, you know, him being back, you know, Doug got on, you know, Doug came out right after the announcement came, like, via, like, uh, the app, and then, you know, it kind of broke everywhere on Twitter, like, Carson Wentz got cleared, and, you know, broke from all, like, the beat writers of the, you know, Eagles and stuff like that, 
which I was I was glad to see. I was glad to see more so that uh, that the beat writers and the local reporters broke the news um, as opposed to Ann Rappaport breaking the news. And you you know it's been like a he's been like a thorn in Doug's side as of late. Um, and I mean no disrespect to Ann Rappaport, but you know the fact that he's like breaking all this news, this stuff, and Doug. Hasn't even had a chance to talk to anybody. I get why Doug was mad. I talked about that in another podcast, but I, I got why Doug was upset. You know, and I understand it. And, and Doug had every right in my book to be upset. Um, not upset the local reporters, but just be upset, period. So I get it. And I was glad to see that we broke the news here instead of a national guy who has no ties to this team breaking the news. And it, as I told you guys before, I'm kind of, you know, if Schefter didn't say it, then I don't believe it really. So um, that's when it comes to national guys, I should say. Um, so Shetler, Peter King, people like that. Um, I just, I've seen that Amp Rappaport has been wrong a couple of times. Like he was wrong about Wentz. He was, he just said a few weeks ago or a week ago or something like that, that Wentz wouldn't be back till possibly, he wouldn't be back till October. Uh, Wentz is playing September 21st. I don't know what he was talking about. But see, this is what I'm talking about with him. This is exactly what I'm talking about. I don't even mean to get on a rant about this guy, but he, he, he's he been wrong about this team so many times. I cannot trust what he says. I don't trust what he says. So if it didn't come from Schefter and it didn't come from Peter King on a national level, I'm not even believing it. I mean, that's just, you know, on a national level. Like, our local guys, have they have ties to the team. I trust what McManus says. Tim McManus, I trust what, you know, we say here. I trust our guys here. But I'm just saying, like, on a national level, like Schefter didn't say it, or Chris Mortensen, or Peter King. I, I just, I, I'm not inclined to believe it. Just not. So, um, that's what I got to say about that, but I digress. Wentz is back. Um, I think it just gives an entirely different feel to this team. The confidence, I think, will come back. I just think that the team was just ready. You know, I, I don't, no disrespect to Nick Foles. I just think that this team was ready to have their leader back. This is his team. This is Carson Wentz's team. I'm sorry. I know there are people out there that love Nick Foles. People out there that appreciate Nick Foles. And I've, I've heard crazy things like people say Nick Foles should be the starter for this team. We should consider trading Carson Wentz. And I, I've seen crazy things like that. This is Carson Wentz's team. I'm sorry. I appreciate what Nick Foles did stepping in last year, winning us a Super Bowl. I appreciate the game he had. He had a magnificent game. He wasn't just a game manager. He played extremely well. Probably the best game he'll ever play in this league. Um, Well, both the Vikings game and then the Super Bowl. But, you know, I think there just comes a time where it's just like, you just need some new energy. You need a new, you need a spark. You need something. And I just think that Wentz could be part of that. I mean, I'm not saying that he is going to, he's the total answer because he's not. But the team is, because the team is hurt. The team is injured. There are a lot of players that we're missing right now. And missing Alshon is really a big piece. I didn't even realize how much of a big piece it was. Like, I get it. He's a good receiver. But man, missing him, we really do miss him right now in the lineup. But I think that just the style of Wentz, the way he plays the quarterback position versus Foles is just completely different. There is no limitations with Carson Wentz. 
That's what I love about the guy. Like there is, this is his offense. Like, you know, I let me just digress for a second. Someone got on Facebook the other day, and uh, he's an Eagles fan, and he said like um, he wanted people to talk about who was better, Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott. And I said you shouldn't even entertain such foolishness. And um, he said I can't. He said I try not to, but it's hard. I gave him an explanation very clear and very simple. And I, I got to give my man Clint Coley a shout out on this one because we talked about this like last year. You know, Dak Prescott can operate within an offense. Carson Wentz is the offense. And he, this is his offense to operate. Like, so he doesn't operate. He's not a cog within the wheel. He is the entire offense. Like, he is the extension of the coach on the field. That's what he is. So I think that right there, that shows you the, the level of separation between Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. Like, there is no limitations with Carson Wentz. He is not a game manager. Carson Wentz, the way he played, like, there is no, I have to just run, run pass option only because that'll give us our best chance to win with Carson. Carson Wentz can play under, he can play from the shotgun. He can play under the center. It does not matter. He can play from the pistol formation. It does not matter. He can play in the pocket. He can move in the pocket. He can make defenders miss. He can be under pressure and keep his eyes downfield for the open receiver. That's what he does. That's why he's Carson Wentz. That's why this is his team. That's why I'm glad that he's back because he gives our offense like we're, there's no longer shackles on the offense, and I, it's it's no disrespect to, like I said, there's no disrespect to Nick Foles, not even any disrespect toward Doug Peterson or Mike Grow. There's no disrespect to them, but I just think that Carson being in the lineup, him starting the game, him knowing the game plan, him just being there. It gives the team just another spark. And I don't expect him to go out this weekend and and throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. I'm not saying that. But I just think that the way things operate with him on the field are completely different than when Nick Foles is on the field. Nick Foles is a very good and capable backup. But that's exactly what he is. He's a good and capable backup quarterback. He is not the starter. This is not his team. He can't run Carson Wentz's offense. That's what the that's what's missing here. That's part of what's missing anyway. Can't run Carson's offense. Because this is Carson's offense. Can't do what Carson does. And I'm not saying you put it all on the plate and just let Carson rip off and you know, just don't dump it all on his plate. Don't dump the whole playbook on his plate and just, you know, give him everything at one time. And I'm not saying you have to spoon feed him either. But he needs to be eased back into playing. He hasn't played meaningful football in nine months. No preseason. He had limited workout, like limited workouts and OTAs and camp. He, he couldn't do like he he only did 11-11 for a few days, and then he was back to seven on sevens. So you gotta kind of he he has to get accustomed again to the game. But it's just like riding a bike; you never forget how to play. He'll learn. He'll be fine. I'm just not saying you just expect it all at one time. And I'm not, and you know, I heard people saying stuff like this today. Like, uh, you know, I heard on a podcast, uh, someone say like, 
um, it's okay to criticize him if he plays bad. Yeah, it is okay. It's okay to criticize him if he plays bad. If he goes out there and throws like picks, yeah, it's okay to criticize him. But I also understand that this is his first game back since December the 12th. I think that's what it was. December the 12th. December 10th. One of those dates. This is his first game back. So I understand, like, there's going to be some rust there. But I, what I look, see, what I like about Carson Wentz is just because he's having a bad game doesn't mean he has to stay a bad game. Like, think about the Seattle game from last year. They were having a bad game. You know, Carson is, I just love how he just can forget about it and go to the next play. Like, nothing ever phases the guy. Okay, I threw a pick. Let me get back out there. I won't make the same mistake again. Oh, I made a mistake again. I won't make that same mistake. He continuously learns. That's what makes him so good. He has a short-term memory. He can forget about it and go to the next play, and it's no problem for him. That's what I like about him. Like, and, and He just always makes me feel like the game is not too much for him. No matter the mistakes, no matter the circumstances, it's never too much for him. The Seattle game last year, we were getting killed that game. Just overall, I mean, Seattle was just playing better than us. They were at home. They were playing better than us. But Carson was, he just... That throw, he had a couple of throws he had to Nelson Aguilar to make the put, the put the game in close. I'm just like, he just never makes me feel like the game is out of reach with him. I just don't. Like, if he played this past Sunday, I wouldn't even have felt like the game was out of reach, ever. And I'm not saying you got to be super aggressive, uber aggressive, and just take shots downfield all day, but he opens up your offense to the point where you got to respect that he could take a shot down the field. Several shots down the field. That he can run if he needs to run. You got to respect him on the field. There's a, there's a level of respect you have to give him that you don't have to give Nick Foles. You know Nick Foles isn't going to scramble. He'll throw down the field, but sometimes he won't throw down the field as much. Carson will chuck that thing. He'll let it go. And if you give him time, even if you don't give him time, if he gets away from the pressure and keeps his eyes downfield and there's a receiver open, you can say goodbye. You saw it in the first game last year against the Redskins. Under all this pressure, he moved from side to side. and He moved out of the pocket from one side, out of the pocket to the other side. Someone was on his ankles. He kept his eyes downfield. They hit him on his ankles. He still threw the ball down the field, caught Nelson Aguilar, scored a touchdown. He is not a, he is not something to be played with. He's not. And I'm not saying he's the he's the god or anything like that. I'm that's not what I'm saying. The guy is good. When it comes to mobility in the in the backfield and in the pocket, he's as good as he's as good as Rodgers. Escaping pressure, he's as good as Rodgers is. He really is. He's as good he's as good as the top guys are in this league. Big Ben. He's as good. Now, I get it. He might be a little bit more cautious. But I think that it just it just brings a different dynamic to this team, having him back. And you can see the players are excited to have him back. And they don't mean any disrespect to Nick Foles. Nick Foles is still a part of this team, too. But 
they're excited to have their guy back. He is the captain of the team. I'm sorry. This is what it is. This is what it is. This is what it's going to be. Everybody got to play second fiddle to Carson Wentz. I'm sorry. Nick Foles, we, we, listen, we'll forever love him. He got a statue, for God's sake. He got a statue. He got a statue, man. Him and Doug got a statue already. Philly, Philly. You want Philly, Philly, yeah. But this is Carson Wentz's team. That's all I'm saying. It's going to be great to have him back out there. I look forward to it, man. I really do, man. I'm, I'm glad that he's back. I've been, you guys know, like, you, if you guys listen, you know, you know you've been hearing me say, like, I just yearn for the day that he's back. I kept talking about, like, I just missed a guy. He's back. It, our, it, it just, it's a different team overall. Not even just on the offense side of the ball. It's a different team. I just don't, I don't even, listen. I know I'm going to get into the, you know, my pick on the next segment. How to break down on how I feel about Eagles versus Colts. I don't think the Colts stand a chance this game. I don't. I thought about it a little bit today. I thought about Frank Wright being, you know, being our former offensive coordinator and, you know, him having so many ties to Doug and um, ties to this team and, you know, the insight that he could provide his team coming into this game. But I don't think there's any chance. I don't. I, I think that there is too much, there is too much, Not at stake, but there's too much, like, in favor of the Eagles for the Eagles not to win this game. Like, there's too much. I mean, Wentz being back, we'll be home. Eagles um, Eagles Hall of Fame induction ceremony, Seth Joyner and Clyde Simmons. And, um, yeah, we'll be at home. Defense plays well at home. I mean, they might have had a bad outing last week, but they play well at home. People don't score on this defense when they play at home. So, you know, I look forward to Carson Wentz being back. I look forward to getting W this weekend, getting back on track. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I waited for this day for so long, and I'm just glad he's back. So, yeah, thankful, man, thankful. Um, So I'm going to take a short break. I'll be back in a moment. I'll talk about Eagles versus Colts next. This is the Philly Sports 4 for 4 Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Um, Dom Lewis again, 444 Sports. I'm sorry, excuse me. Philly Sports, 444 Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. Um, You can hit us up via email. And, yeah, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Anchor, anywhere we get your podcasts. So I appreciate the subscription. I appreciate you guys for um, the ratings and tuning in and tweeting, tweeting me and everything. I just appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. So we talked about Eagles versus Bucks. We talked about Wentz being back. Let's move forward. Um, we'll talk about. I'll just do it in one segment. Actually, we'll just we'll talk about Eagles versus Colts, and we'll talk about 
um, potential signings of uh, wide receivers here. Um, so right now, um, Eagles are, are trying out, or not trying out, but they brought in Jordan, uh, Jordan Matthews for a uh, workout today. Uh, and all, all signs show that once he passes his physical, he'll be signed um, to the Eagles. Which is, all right, okay. It just brings us some depth a little bit. You can get him on the cheap. That's all right. Um, he's familiar with the system. He's familiar with Wentz. Security blanket kind of, sort of. So, um, yeah. So, that's that. I heard they're also going to try to work out Jeremy Macklin. But for some reason, I think it's something wrong with his leg. Uh, this The workout has been postponed uh, until next week. Um, I don't have a problem with the, I warmed up to the, to the Jordan Matthews signing, potential signing, I should say. Um, I don't want Jeremy Macklin. I just think, like I said earlier in the podcast, I think his time has kind of passed him. Josh Gordon is the guy I'm thinking about from the Browns. Uh, I don't know why, I don't know what, what the Eagles, because he only, you know, they only had to give up a fifth round pick to Patriots to get Josh Gordon. So I don't understand what the Eagles were doing, um, why they couldn't make that move. I don't know what Howie was thinking. Um, I, I trust Howie, of course. I believe what he does is right for this team. And I think that maybe his intel showed him that um, maybe they shouldn't go ahead with Josh Gordon. But... Um, I got to say, man, you took a flyer on him. If that's you got to take a flyer on him. I'm, why not? I mean, you're not going to you're not paying that much for him. You're not paying that much for him. It's not costing you a lot as far as picks are concerned. You need a receiver. You know he can catch. You know he's good. Um I don't even think he would be a, a distraction or anything like that in the locker room to be honest with you. I think he would have been fine. Uh, I think he's just looking for an opportunity where he can really play and flourish. And I know he has a lot of issues with anxiety and, you know, stuff like that, mental issues. There's, It's not just a weed issue. And I, I get so upset with people who think it's just he just likes to smoke weed and that's it. It's not about that. This man has a serious issue mentally. Um, and I think that um, that is not to be taken for granted or overlooked in any type of way, especially with the things that are going on right now with mental health. That is not something to be taken lightly. So, but I think that this organization is a great organization that helps people, helps rehabilitate people, obviously. I mean, see Michael Vick. Um, this organization does help. Re- now, listen, there are people that have left here and in disgust, but... I think this organization overall helps build up people and gets the best out of them. It does right by their players. I really I really think that. I'm not just saying it because it's the Eagles, but I think it's just a known fact that the Eagles organization does right by their players. Um, I mean, now I get it. Deshaun Jackson doesn't feel that way. Neither does Shady McCoy. They may not feel that way, but that was Chip. That wasn't the Eagles organization. That was just Chip, the guy that was in charge at the time. You can see he's over here. You can see what's happening to him right now in the college ranks. So I think overall the Eagles, they do right by their players. And I just think that 
should took a flyer on Josh Gordon. Um, but nonetheless, probably Jordan Matthews is probably going to be signed here. And I don't know what else they're going to do until, um, I mean, until Alshon gets healthy. Um, I just, I just believe that um, right now what the Eagles should do as far as their game plan going into Sunday, Eagles versus Colts, the run game needs to be opened up a lot more. Um, and I think our offensive line is going to play a lot better on Sunday. I just do. I'm not saying it because uh, just because Wentz is back. But I just think they're going to. I think they're disgusted by their performance this past week, and they're going to play a lot better coming Sunday. I do. I think they're going to play a lot better now. Um, Ajayi is probably going to be out because he's having a back issue. Um, Sproles is probably not going to play either. He's probably going to be out too. That's the reason that we brought up uh, Josh Adams. We signed him to the main roster from the practice squad. And uh, we'll have Wendell Smallwood and we'll have. Oh. We'll have Wendell Smallwood. Oh, yeah, Corey Clement. So he'll probably get the he'll probably get the bulk of the carries. Him and Smallwood. And then Josh Adams will probably, you know, split some. He'll probably get five to seven touches, something like that. Um, but I think the run game needs to be used a lot more this weekend in the screen game and um, short passing game like that. Um, but I also think that the Eagles need to take shots downfield and let them know they're not afraid to take shots downfield. Um, this is a defense that you should be able to throw in. And I expect the Eagles to open it up a little bit, especially with Wentz being back. I expect the offense to be limitless. Um, so there is no um, throwing five-yard outs and stuff like that. Um, I don't think it's that kind of deal. I think the I think the offense is going to be open up a little more. I think there needs to be more Ertz. I mean, he played well on Sunday. He didn't have any touchdowns. He still doesn't have a touchdown this season, but he played well on Sunday. And I think that there needs to be more Ertz. There needs to be more double tight end. So we need to get the guy Goddard involved, the rookie. You got to get involved, man. You got to get involved. Um, Sign him to spread his wings and learn to fly. It really is. Um, I don't know who that third tight end, and I still don't know who that is. Um, but I'm not impressed, nor do I really want the guy, but I get it. Richard Rodgers is on IR, so um, we'll see what happens with uh, the the game plan for Dallas Goddard, but I think there needs to be more tight end, um, more running. I, I think our running attack needs to be like a, a vicious run attack this week, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, like I said, though, I think the, the offense will have enough spark this week where they won't. And I think the defense is just going to play extremely well this week to the point where there won't be a, um, you know, a four touchdown game by anybody, <laughs> not by anybody, you know, on the opposing team. So I think that they'll tighten it up. They'll be more aggressive this week. And I think the Eagles win this game. I don't have a score yet. Uh, let me just give you a quick score. I think it'll be something like. Maybe 24-13 Eagles. Uh, maybe three scores, two running touchdowns and a, and a touchdown pass by um, Carson Wentz and a field goal by um, Jake Elliott. And uh, I, I think that um, the defense holds 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 the Colts to 13 points. Uh, they'll get a touchdown and two field goals, and or they might get a touchdown, two touchdowns and miss an extra point or something like that. Um, so I, I think it'll be 24-13 Eagles. Um, just, that's my early prediction for the week. 
I know the line is like at six. I don't really do the you know the spreads or anything like that. I just think the I'm just looking up what I see, and I think the Eagles are a lot better. I think the Eagles will play a lot better, and I think um, I think this is the Eagles' game to win. So uh, there's just too many factors. I mean, like I said, Eagles are playing at home. Wentz is back. Also, it's the Eagles Eagles Hall of Fame induction ceremony for Seth Joyner and Clyde Simmons. And congratulations to those guys. Uh, two of the guys that were part of the, the probably the most fiercest defense, one of the top five fiercest, if not the most, the top five fiercest defenses in this league. So. Um, a big shout out to those guys, Seth Joyner. Like I said, I said it earlier today on Twitter, or I think it was yesterday actually. He's the best Eagles analyst on TV right now. He gives us a straight 100, and he knows exactly what he's talking about. He's not talking like a fanboy or anything like that. He is giving it to you straight up 100, and I love the guy. I love what he has to say. I love his takes on the Eagles, and it's great analysis. It's just great analysis. So. Um, a shout out to him. Shout out to Clyde Simmons, like I said, um, who um, actually is a defensive. I think he's a defensive line coach for the Browns, um, and I think he's coming on his. Um, is it? Oh yeah, it's their because uh, they play on Thursday night, so it's actually like a a mini buy for him, a mini bye week. So he'll be here on Sunday, and I'm just um, I just think the Eagles win this game. So um, Eagles win 24-13. Wentz throws for a score. Um, he may not have as many yards as people want him to have. He may even throw an interception or fumble the ball once. But I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. I think it's, it'll be cleaned up as he goes along this season. As he goes, plays more games. You're only going to get better as you play more and more and more. So he'll play more and more and more. He'll get better. And I think that the Eagles, this is the first step to getting back. Not saying the Super Bowl, I'm not going that far. I'm just saying getting back to playing good Eagles football and uh, getting consistency out of both sides of the ball. So we'll see what happens there. Um, But like I said, I think it's going to be 24-13 Eagles. So take it or leave it. Uh, I would love to hear your predictions. Listen, if you guys hear this and, you know, listen to the podcast, tweet me. Uh, Let me know your predictions uh, at 444podcast on Twitter. That's F-O-U-R-F-O-R, the number four podcast. You can send an email to, also, um, you can send an email, excuse me, to uh, Philly, uh, Philly, um, not Philly, excuse me, 444podcast at gmail.com, uh, spelled the same way as the Twitter handle. You can send us an email, let us know your thoughts, what your takes are. Uh, like I said, tweet us, um, subscribe, give us comments, reviews, all of that stuff on um, Instagram, not Instagram, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Anchor, anywhere we can uh, comment and subscribe and just listen. Uh, appreciate that. But I, listen, like I said, I think the Eagles win this week. And um, I'll be back in a moment to talk about some Sixers. Uh, Sixers got a new GM. And we'll talk a little bit about Fultz and uh, Ben Simmons. And yeah, what to expect out of the Sixers this season. So uh, this is Don Blues, Philly Sports 444 Podcast. I'll be back in a moment. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Philly Sports, 444 Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. Um, so let's transition a little bit from uh, the Eagles into some Sixers talk right now. And, um, you know, 
I just get excited talking about the Sixers. Um, I get excited when I hear Sixers news, when we talk about the Sixers, you know, anything about the Sixers, I kind of get excited. It's like a nice, you know, even though I love the Eagles, I love, love, love the Eagles, and that's my top team forever. Um, I just, I, I think like the Sixers is a nice break uh, from talking so much Eagles talk. Uh, and I, I, I think that because because um, this this city is like, in this general area is like, we talk probably eighty percent Eagles, even during, even during, you know, Sixers season and Phillies and eighty percent Eagles talk like all the time. Even if like I mean, yeah, even when other teams are good, I think um, I mean it's well deserved. I mean they're the champions. But it's just a nice, it's a nice getaway sometimes to talk about something else. And I believe that, I, I love talking Sixers, I do. I love talking about this team. I like the team. I love the team, I really do. I love the team currently right now, like the young guys, and I love their potential. And I just love what, that basketball is back in the city. And it's we're talking meaningful basketball. It's nothing like, are we going to make the playoffs this year? And, you know, uh, what kind of picks are we going to get? And it's nothing like, it's like, how far can we go with this team? And I love that. So I, I love talking Sixers, um, meaningful basketball. And the Sixers finally have a GM. Uh, they have, they have planned, well, they plan to announce it Thursday uh, at a press conference, but Elton Brand is now the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, he kind of went through a, a short elevation. I mean, um, I know he was the GM of the uh, the Blue Coats, which is the the Sixers minor league affiliate, and then he became um, the vice president of basketball operations for the Sixers this past summer. That was like a few weeks ago. It was like literally like it might have been three weeks ago. He became the vice president of basketball operations, uh, and then they moved another guy to the G, uh, assistant GM spot the GM spot open and they interview uh, GM candidates uh, last week and this week and they came to the conclusion that uh, Elton Brand is now the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers so I uh, think it's a solid move I don't think it's a great move arguably it's a good move you can argue that but I think it's a so- definitely a solid move uh, I think it's solid because he has uh, risen through the ranks of this um, organization. Uh, you know, he just, like, it was two years ago where they actually signed him to play, you know, and then he retired. I think he retired in preseason um, and he became, you know, started working in the front office. So, two years ago, he was still playing basketball and now he's a GM. And it's, it's not unheard of. Like, I mean, you know, people, I've heard a lot of people's reaction today about this. And people saying, you know, that people are kind of down about it. You know, they don't, they, they're down about it, you know, for whatever reason. They don't believe, like, I guess they don't believe the Sixers. There was no one who really wanted the job or um, I've heard, you know, uh, people say stuff like, oh, it's Brett Brown. It's just a Brett Brown factor. It's the Brett Brown factor. Like, the fact that he has so much control and... Um, I've heard people say things like, um, you know, why hire him at such a pivotal time for this franchise? And um, I get it. 
I get everything that people are saying. I really do. Um, I understand it. I, I, but I look at like other times where like people have gotten GM jobs or front office jobs or whatever kind of jobs, and they um, had little to no experience. Um, I mean, there are people out there that that have done it. I think Steve Kerr was a GM and he had no experience before becoming a GM uh, when he was a GM for the Suns. And then he went back into broadcasting and then he came back and he's now coaching, of course. But, um, I mean, you can look at Jordan. He was the vice president of basketball operations for the Wizards. And um, there were talks out there of, uh, I remember um, the Cavaliers, when they were doing their GM search, uh, they wanted to hire Chauncey Billups. And Chauncey Billups has no f- uh, front office experience. He's been on ESPN for a few years, but he has no front office experience. And it's just, you know, it, it, I guess it, it kind of baffled me a little bit. Like, you know, people kind of downing it so much. Not seeing the, um, the bright side of this. Um, I got a guy I know, um, he really believes like this is all for, this is all for the comfort, you know, to keep Brett Brown comfortable, um, you know, having this now partnership with Elton Brand as a GM and he believes that it's, it's the Brett Brown factor. The reason that the, the Sixers didn't get the, the, the shiny, the shiny GM or the GM that, uh, you know, that's so remarkable and it's going to really take his friends to the next level. And I don't know, like, I think it remains to be seen. And I, I think that, like I said, I think it's solid because of the way he's coming through the ranks of this organization. Um, and I get it. He doesn't have a lot of experience, but I mean, I think that it's a very similar thing to to me. It's it's very similar to when the Eagles hired Doug Peterson as the um, head coach, um, because you know people always people didn't want Doug Peterson. Um, you know, and the Eagles' big thing I remember them coming out stressing that you know collaborative effort, collaborative effort, collaborative effort. I believe it's going to be the same thing with the Sixers, honestly. Um, I, I think that um, I think that this is a move. I'm not gonna say it's not even a move for you know to keep things in place like the way things are as far as the front office is concerned. I believe that too. I really do. I, but I, I don't believe Elton Brand's gonna do a bad job. I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be fine because it's not just Elton Brand. That's the thing. Like people just think it's just always just Elton Brand. He's by himself. Like he's been training to do this. There's a front office staff in place that have have a lot of experience in running teams. I think Elton Brand will be. I mean, Elton Brand is the point man. I get it. He is the guy who makes the final decisions. But I, I think that, um, and I get it also that you know Brett Brown because the reports came out and said Brett Brown had an extensive hand in you know. Uh, not picking the GM, but at least doing the interviews with the GM and, and having his say on who he thought the GM should be. Um, I get that too. I get the concern for all of that, but I, I just think that 
the structure that is in place. Not saying that it works perfectly and everything like that. I'm just saying that I think that it's fine. I think that it's a solid move. I think the organization has some growing to do. But, yeah, the GM is one thing and the, the front office is one thing. But I'm looking forward to Ben and Joe and Markel being better. And I think that Elton Brand being a former player, being a former player for this team, a player um, within this league, and learning the ropes of how the front office works over these past two years, I think he'll be fine. I don't think he'll get, you know, necessarily fleeced by anybody. And, I mean, you don't know that. I mean, you're just assuming that because he's a young GM in the league. There are a lot of young GMs in the league. The guy um, who's technically the GM out there for the Lakers, he was an agent before he became a GM. So all this talk about, you know, all this down talk about Elton Brand, like, becoming GM, and I'm, I'm sure I'll hear it more tomorrow and like that, but I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, you don't know what the man's going to do. It's kind of like, you know, with Doug P. Like, we had to wait and see. And I get it. We criticized Doug P. very heavily, you know, that first year. I did. I did for sure. Um, I I remember saying something along the lines like, couldn't coach. And I, I'm glad I'm eating those words. Because Doug Peterson is actually a very good coach. If nothing else proved it to me that he was a good coach, watching... The Super Bowl, watching how I handled playoffs last year, and watching the first game from this year. That showed me that he was a good coach. Those games showed me that, yo, he's really a good coach. Like, this is not just a one-time thing with this guy. Like, this guy's good. But I digress. I think it'll be, I think it'll take a little time. I do. So the Sixers might not be in the finals this year. That doesn't mean they won't be in the finals next year. I think it's a little bit more building with this team. And, um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll be getting antsy when it's free agency time and trade deadline time and, you know, trying to make a playoff push. We'll get a little antsy. We will. That's how we are as Philly fans. We get it. I get it. I just think that um, this is a solid hire by the organization. And um, I don't. You know, I, I've, I've even had bad stuff to say about the front office in the past few weeks, mainly because they didn't have a GM in place. And I felt that they were just being incompetent. But I really do feel that... Um, I feel like, you know, Josh Harris isn't the best guy when it comes to, you know... He's a, he's a owner. Like, he doesn't really necessarily know about owning sports teams. And, like, he's not a sports guy. He's a, you know, guy that owns a basketball team. But in the same token, I think that um, the people that were in place to make this hire or to give their opinion on on making this hire, um, they chose who they chose. It's a solid choice. Like, it's not the shiny new toy, but it's a solid choice. It'll work. 
And as long as Ben Joe, Ben and Joe and Markel are playing fine, I don't think we have anything to worry about, to be honest. I mean, I heard a report today. Markel Fultz shooting, um, shot over 150 jumpers this summer. 150, excuse me, 150,000. I don't know why I keep saying 150. 150,000 jumpers. Um, heard of Ben Simmons working on his jump shot with his brother all summer. And you can see it. Like, I saw videos this summer of Ben Simmons working out. Uh, like, you know, shooting and like that. And he's even more aggressive, like I said, in another podcast. But our concern should be Ben, Joe, Markel. I, I, I don't expect anything about out, out of Zaire Smith. Um, and from what I heard, that he will be back uh, around Christmas time from his uh, Jones fracture. Um, however, I, I just I'm focused on Ben and Joe and Markel. How they're going to make this team, or how they're going to will this team to win. I expect I expect Joe to be dominant this year. I want him to take his game to another level. Like I get it, Ben Simmons is aggressive and he can get any shot he wants. He can take his hole anytime he wants to and. Um, I get it, but I want Ben, I want, excuse me, I want Joe to be a bully on the block. Like, my man Earn, he said it, he said, this should be Joe's block. Like, when you get down low, this this should be Joe's block and no one's allowed. And that's how I feel about that. Like, I, it, it should be, no, no one should be allowed on his block. When he gets down there in the post, it should be nobody be able to bully him. He should be bullying. Like, it should be, like, a guaranteed two points every single time he gets down there. I want him shooting less jumpers. I mean, I want him to make jumpers, of course, but I, I, want, him, I want him shooting less. I want him, be, I want him to be a bully on the block. I want Ben to shoot more. I want Markel to just shoot. But, yeah. It depends on the play of those guys. We'll only go as far as they will take us. I think Brett Brown will be fine as a coach. I don't I don't dislike him as a coach. I mean, there are people out there that dislike him. I don't dislike him as a coach. I think he's all right. I think he's fine. This team is um, a young team, and he's grown. He's been through a lot with this team. I mean, going through four straight seasons of just abysmal basketball. And then he finally got a team. He finally got a team. And he took he led him to 52 wins. So I think the sky's the limit for this team as far as how far they can go this season. Um, we all know that Boston is probably the top. It's projected to be the top seed in the East. And Toronto's going to have something to say about that because they have um, Kawhi Leonard now. But I'm not counting the Sixers out. I mean, I get it. The Wizards are going to be good, too. And your other team's gunning for us because, you know, we were the third seed. But uh, it's too much talent on this team, man. I think I think that loss to Boston last last year in that series was like a shot. It was a shot in the chest, a punch in the mouth. They, I think they seriously have learned from that. At least Ben and Joe have. I know that they have. 
So, this team only goes as far as they take them. So, we'll see. We'll see how things work as, as Elton Brand being the new GM. We'll see how things work with um, Markel Fultz's uh, his shot. We'll see how things work. Um, ben Simmons, uh, you know, developing jumper. We'll see how things work, period. How, how Joe has gotten better over the summer. And if he's gotten any better, I believe he has. And um, we'll just see overall where the team goes, see how Brett Brown's coaching is and how this collaborative effort works with um, with the GM, the coach, the owner. We'll see how it works. I think it'll be fine, though. I don't think there's anything to be too concerned about. Um, I know I get why people don't like to hire but I just think you got to give him a chance. I really do. Lay off of this guy. Give him a chance. He'll be fine. He'll make his mistakes too, but he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Guy's got to get with it though. Got to stop always wanting a shiny toy. Shiny toy isn't always the best toy. It could break a lot faster than a, than a more durable toy. It could, it could break a lot faster. So, um... That's pretty much all I got to say on the Sixers. They have an open practice on Friday at their facility. Um, I really wish I could go to that thing. I, I would love to go to that open practice just to be there. Um, but I won't be. I'll be um, at work like every other regular human being um, working away. But um, I'll be. I'll have my ear to the street. I'll be listening to all the reports that come out of the open practice. And I'll be looking at all the videos and listening to the podcast, listening to the radio and looking at Twitter, my Twitter feed and everything like that. I'll be, I'll be ear to the street as much as I can about this open practice. So we'll see what happens. I like, like we always, uh, like we said, um, Sixers got a, a great opportunity to, to go pretty far this year. Open up the season on October 16th in Boston. Uh, they have the home opener two days later after that, October 18th. Um, and like I said, I expect this team to do some great things. I think that the, the GM hiring is fine. Uh, it's a solid move. We'll see how good Elton Brand is as a GM. But overall, um, I think it's a fine move. So uh, shout out to the Sixers for finally getting the GM. I'm glad they got one locked down before the uh, season started because I was going to be pretty, pretty, pretty pissed off if they didn't have a GM in line by like early October, November, I would have been extremely, I'd have been mad if it, it went into November. I'd have been mad at that because that doesn't make sense. I'm glad, like I'm upset that it took this long, but I'm glad it, it got squared away before training camp opens up. So, um, congratulations to Elton Brand. Um, well-deserved, well-deserved by him. Um, he, he's paid his dues so far and, um, I hope that he can, um, help, help help uh develop this team and push this team over to the next level so um i'm gonna take a short break i'll be back with some final thoughts uh i'll just mention a little bit about the the flyers and the phillies and uh, i'll sign off from there uh with a final thought and uh yeah this is the philly sports 444 podcast i'm your host dom lewis stay tuned I'm not going to
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Philly Sports 444 Podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. Um, thanks, for guys, for tuning in and listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, so this is my final segment. I'm just going to wrap it up. Um, uh, the Flyers, like I said, the Flyers earlier, I said it earlier in the podcast, the Flyers um, have played three preseason games thus far. They uh, won, have won two of them. They won last night and they won tonight. Uh, against the Islanders, so they took two out of three from the Islanders. Um, Flyers look good so far, but we'll see what happens. I mean, it's only preseason, so I didn't get too hyper about it or anything like that. Um, I've been hearing a couple things about the, you know, the young goalie Carter Hart. Um, I didn't think he was going to be up here yet, but I've been hearing a couple things about him thus far. Um, mainly about his hair. Oh, it's a hockey thing, I guess. I don't know. Um, also, the Phillies won tonight against the Marlins, five to two. Uh, they lost last night nine to four. I think right now they are five and a half games back of the uh, NL East um, leading Atlanta Braves. Uh, like I said, Atlanta Braves are going to win the division anyway. I mean, we have a, a series coming up against Atlanta, a uh, four game series and a three game series. But I, I don't think it's anything to sneeze at. Um, I just think that Atlanta is going to just win this thing outright. Um, and if they don't win it outright, when it comes down to the series, they'll end up winning both of those series and just putting the Phillies out of their misery. But, hey, listen, I mean, overall, we got to look at it, I guess, like the, the season was a success because they weren't as abysmal as people thought they would be. And uh, they showed some progress. Um, and there was a lot of room for improvement. And they had the money to spend in order to get some big time free agents. There was a report that came out last week saying that um, some rival G agents believe G um, rival GM agents, excuse me, some rival GMs of other teams believe that um, the Phillies will possibly sign Manny Machado and Bryce Harper uh, this winter. And I would tell you this: this town would go in an up like an uproar, like an uproar, like you wouldn't believe, because you know, truth be told. This city loves baseball. They love the Phillies. They really do. And and it was nice to have some quality baseball for half of the season. It really was until the middle of August. I I would say, I would say the middle of August is when like you know things started kind of going down. So uh, they they've mainly been bad for the last four or five weeks. I mean, this is so in in inopportune time to be bad, but. Uh, the Phillies, you know, they, overall, I mean, they had a successful season. They just kind of tapered off. They kind of just kind of flatlined at the wrong time. And, um, you know, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but, hey, this team has to be better, and they're going to be better. You know, they got the money to spend, so they should be better, and there should be no question about that. So um, that's my little take on the Flyers and the Phillies. Um, that's pretty much what I have for this podcast. I just want to say one thing. I was tweeting it out last uh, a couple days ago, and I want to say it again. Kickers in the NFL that miss wide open kicks on perfect uh, weather days. So if it's like sunny and light wind, and or if it's like no rain or whatever. 
they should be burned alive. I mean, look, the kicker has one job. I mean, if you want to get technical, they got two jobs, but they got one job. Make your field goals, kick off when it's time to kick off. Like, you don't even have to punt. And I just find it so ridiculous that this past weekend, we had so many missed or blown opportunities by kickers in the NFL. It's just ridiculous to me. Like, you don't have, you don't practice with the team. So you're not like super uber tired or anything like that. Um, you got one job. You got it so easy. You got it so made. And you, you can't make, like, I get it. Like, the hold has to be right and everything like that. But, like, come on. Come on. The guy that was in Minnesota, he missed those three field goals. The next day, Mike Zimmer had him out of there. They signed uh, um, Dan Bailey, the, the kicker, the former kicker of the Dallas Cowboys, and got that kicker right out of there. Zane Gonzalez, the guy that was on the Browns. Uh, Browns come all the way back in that game, could take the lead with the field goal, with the PAT, and you shank it. You're going to. Uh, they probably fired him before he got on the bus. And she said, hey, don't come back. Don't come to the facility. We'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll mail you your information that you need to know. But whatever. I just, you know, I, I just, I, I, kickers kickers can't miss. They should not miss. They should not miss. Now, I know I was saying that. I, w- I would be saying that, you know, I want them to miss if they're playing against the Eagles, of course. But I, I don't get that. You know, it's a sunny day, 80-degree day. Like, I don't get out. You're missing kicks. Even um, Eagles kicker, Jake Elliott. We had a chance to, to I think it was, he had a chance to make the game a 20-10 to 10 game on before halftime. And he shanks the field goal. Like, what is wrong with you, kid? Like, I don't get you. I don't get it. Now you're playing really horribly. You're missing short kicks and long kicks now. I don't know, man. No one has time for kickers to be missing. I saw something someone tweeted today. They said, it's kind of bad when you miss a field goal with a kicker, like, because... If you mess up, the whole team is on your case because they like they're messing with you. They're all over you, you know, for missing. And you don't get that much respect in the first place, even if you make it. So uh, it's just, I guess it's the life of a kicker, huh? <laughs> Pretty funny. All right, so that'll do it for the Philly Sports Four for Four podcast. I'm your host, Don Lewis. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at 444podcast. It's F-O-U-R-F-O-R, the number four podcast. You can email us about the podcast or any questions or concerns or anything you guys have at 444podcast at gmail.com. 
Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, um, Spotify. You can listen on the Anchor app. Um, and yeah, I would I would really love to hear back from you guys as far as what kind of shows you want to hear from me, uh, what kind of shows you want to hear, period, what kind of content you want to hear, any feedback on any anything I have, um, do you want more stats, whatever you want. Well, however we can make the podcast better for you. I want to know. I want to know. And I, I, I ask you, ask you to not be shy. Any, you know, any kind of feedback is, 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 is welcome. So thank you again for listening. This is Don Lewis. I'm signing off from the Philly Sports 444 podcast. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.